0: now the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits
1: i say america stay out the bushes look for the union label and to secure these
0: rights governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the government
2: from my cold dead hands I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected.
0: It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan.
3: Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm the year's Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies, and that it's a gap comprised of many degreed thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's com. Don't forget that email address, alan at com. That's A L A M, Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturday, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at com. Feel free to... Avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And, of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right. The Alan Nathan Show is entering its 25th year of national syndication, all thanks to you. Reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week again. All thanks to you. And by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right. Please get out of the thought control business. Our topics du jour, as you may have heard well, their own emails prove that the 51 former Intel officials who wrongly wrote that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian propaganda had deliberately conjured that analysis to give Joe Biden the quote-unquote talking point to push back on Trump during their final debate. WTF. Also, the left are apoplectic that Justice Thomas did not reveal that his nephew's early education was charitably sponsored by a wealthy friend, while ignoring that Justice Sotomayor did not recuse herself from cases involving Penguin publication despite receiving 3.1 million from them. WTF again. Also, former NIAID head Dr. Anthony Fauci and American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten deny blame for the COVID protocols and lockdowns for which they verifiably advocated during the pandemic. Once again, WTF. These folks are the kind of reptilian pieces of crap that are happy to point to a leaky pipe and call it a water fountain or point to a water fountain and call it a leaky pipe, depending upon whether or not they're on offense or defense. It just doesn't matter. To these idiots, they forget that words have meaning and that if you're going to use these words, what you say, well, must have something to do with what they mean. Anyway, assisting in the opining and analyzing, old friend of the show, Tom Schatz, one of my semi regulars, president of Citizens Against Government Waste. His editorials on fiscal policy have appeared in publications like the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. He's also testified on plenty of occasions concerning government waste issues before both congressional committees and regulatory bodies. Tom, great to have you back. How are you today? Tom, do we have you, my friend? Tom Schatz. Yes. Hello. Here we
0: are. I'm here. Good yep, to have you I'm back, here. buddy.
3: Thanks for joining us. Listen, uh, we learned from Just the News' John Solomon that uh, in October 2020, these uh, two former CIA bosses, one Mike Morrell and John Brennan, planned the false uh, open letter claiming that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian misinformation, and apparently they did so for the sole purpose of giving Biden fictional grounds in which to dismiss the bombshell during their final debate. Now, 49 other intel officials would knowingly sign on to that falsehood. Shouldn't each and every one of these reptilian monsters be hounded to their respective grave by as many citizens who feel like doing it? I mean, these people need to be humiliated, or am I being too strident?
0: Well, I think they knew it was a lie when they said it, Um, but it's not a lie if you believe it, Tony Teinfeld or George Costanza, but (laughs) it is true. I think they were convinced somewhere that this was Russian disinformation. They had seen it while they were involved in whatever they did and so it probably wasn't hard to sell them on the idea
3: no no but no, no, no that's just like, it oh, these no, emails no, that said, were no no, no i, I, I gotta got 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 to interrupt to for a moment this yes. this e this email these emails that were unearthed and uh passed on to uh john solomon of just the news shows that they knowingly did this crap they knowingly did this stuff uh, let me uh, share with you a portion of the the clip apparently uh let's see john solomon shares with us Quote, in a rare and candid email exchange between two former CIA bosses, Michael Morrell told John Brennan in October 2020 that he was organizing a letter of 51 intel experts claiming the emergence of the Hunter Biden laptop was a Russian influence operation because he wanted to give Joe Biden's campaign, quote, a talking point to push back on um, and, and do so against Donald Trump. This would be during their last presidential debate of the 2020 election. And again, these are according to the documents obtained by Just the News. He goes on to write, Brennan, who served as CIA director under President Barack Obama, willingly agreed to sign the letter after being told of its political intentions. Quite, quote, Okay, Michael, add my name to the list, Brennan wrote Morrell on October nineteenth, 2020. Good initiative. Thanks for asking me to sign on. So it seems as a consequence of, of their own making, uh, these folks have exposed themselves as liars, I mean, they apparently knowingly communicated falsehoods, just because they felt they could get away with it. Where am I mistaken?
0: Well, it's it, it's hard to say. I'm, I'm not disagreeing that they lied and they knew they lied, but proving that is a little trickier uh, because they could say, "Well, here's in our past what we saw as Russian disinformation. People help candidates all the time." i um, being a devil's advocate in a sense. Uh, so therefore, you can't really get us to this. Now, I think the public sees through that any kind of argument against it and understands that it's just, you know, Nixon had dirty tricks. The politicians all have dirty tricks. Uh, the Biden administration didn't announce it. The campaign, I should say, didn't denounce it. Even though they likely knew that it was false information, and well, my friend,
3: apparently they did not. They not only were aware of it, they helped orchestrate. I mean, we we got to remember CIA uh, that former CIA director uh, Morell uh, testified uh, to the House Judiciary Committee, uh, you know, the one headed by Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio, and he confessed that it was all quote unquote triggered by Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who you know at the time, of course, was Biden's campaign advisor, and I think that admission shows that the Biden campaign was able to commandeer 51 operators with still current security clearances to manufacture the very falsehood which that same campaign would then use during the presidential debate. I mean, that's not just a lie, is it? I mean, that's a lie doing an effing pole dance. Where am I exaggerating in the least? Uh, You're not.
0: uh, and, And I'm only making a point that any kind of prosecution or anything else would be very difficult. I mean, people understand that they did this to further the uh, campaign of Joe Biden and many other reasons he might have still won even, you know, without this letter. Uh, but I think that going forward, and by the way, this was before we now have artificial intelligence involved in these things. Imagine when AI can cr- just create letters like this in, in this current campaign season. So I, I think that it's one of the more outrageous examples of dirty tricks during a campaign that we've seen in a long time. Uh, but just like kind of the Nixon dirty tricks, I don't think anything's going to come of it legally. Uh, a lot of people might want well, see, to see. I, I
3: would. I would normally so, agree with know. you. I would normally agree with you if, if if we're talking about retired personnel who were also uh, no longer in possession of active security clearances. But when you have active security clearances and you use their active status as a way to further bolster your own credibility then I think we're crossing over a line. And again, that's just me. I could be mistaken. Of course, I'm, I'm never wrong, as you know. Uh, <laughs> listen, Morell even admitted uh, to Congress that Biden's campaign subsequently helped in organizing the letter and spreading it to the media. Now, while they were all, again, technically former intel chiefs, they were still using their their still-official government security clearances to further validate the credibility of the canard. Um, and, and, and I think because of that... We're seeing them use, or if you will, borrow um, that which is materially government-based as a way to justify opinions supposedly only given as private citizens. They, they were essentially giving the impression that their active intelligence clearance, and their active security clearances, further validated their finding that this was Russian spycraft. What am I missing in any way, shape, or form?
0: Uh, you're, you're not, uh, except this Merrick Garland going to use the uh, Justice Department to go after them. <laughs> so uh,
4: I don't know. He, he was happy to use the Justice
3: Department it. to go after parents for having the temerity to object to their kids uh, being indoctrinated uh, both racially and sexually uh, without their permission or their go-ahead. Uh, parents. Uh, I mean, you, you, you had uh, the National Association of School Board members, if you will, whatever the name is. Uh, coordinate with Merrick Garland to go ahead and define these parents who are upset about their children being subjected to indoctrination as somehow tantamount to domestic terrorists. Now, uh, they had to dial that back, but we've already borne witness to just how extreme uh, operators will go, whether they're outside or inside government. Isn't that fair to point out, Tom Schatz?
0: Well, absolutely. Remember, Merrick Garland is working with Joe Biden, so he's not going to go after people that tried to help him get elected.
3: But that's what they should be willing to do as, uh, you know, a former FBI director was willing to do concerning Trump, one Mr. Comey. Stick with us. Going to be right back.
4: This
5: message is provided by Beringer Engelheim. Idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, is one of the more common forms of progressive fibrosing interstitial lung diseases with symptoms including breathlessness during activity, a dry and persistent cough, chest discomfort, fatigue, and weakness. There are more than 200 lung disorders that can lead to pulmonary fibrosis, an irreversible scarring of lungs that can negatively impact lung function, quality of life, and may become life-threatening. While approved treatments for people living with these diseases can help slow disease progression, new therapies are needed to help potentially stop progression. Fortunately, there is new research underway to assess the safety and efficacy of an investigational treatment in patients with IPF and other progressive ILDs. This is part of Beringer-Ingelheim's Phase 3 global. Fibroneer program. To learn more about Fibroneer and eligibility requirements, visit fibroneer-ipf.longboat.com and fibroneer-ild.longboat.com.
1: This is sponsored
6: by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities.
7: Justina Nixon-St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to scale 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org.
2: Dear John,
4: I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious and lately you seem to really not care i've been there for you since day one and i know you think i'm gonna keep ticking but no my friend i can quit whenever i want why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while is that too much to ask i don't want to leave but unless you stop ignoring me
2: what else am i supposed to do remember when i quit you quit Sincerely, your heart.
5: Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text pressure to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council.
1: The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals,
2: This is a very important email. It comes from the former CIA director Mike Morel. Yes, the guy that organized that letter from the 51 Intelligence Professionals who tried to fake you into thinking that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. It is between him and John Brennan, one of the signatories. You know who John Brennan is. He was Obama's CIA director, right? He's the guy that told Obama, "Hey, Hillary Clinton is doing a dirty trick on Donald Trump called Russia collusion." Well, this is just before the presidential debate between Donald Trump and uh, Joe Biden. Hunter Biden's laptop is is flinging out there. This is what Mike Morrell, former CIA director, tells his successor, John Brennan, hey, sign this letter because I'm, quote, trying to give the campaign, particularly during the debate on Thursday, a talking point to push back on Trump on this issue. A man with a security clearance, a man with the title of CIA director, knew that he wasn't creating an intelligence product. He was trying to create a political moment, damning evidence. It is the ultimate proof that what went out on that letter was a political dirty trick coordinated with the Biden campaign.
3: Yes, a definite political dirty trick, but I believe perhaps potentially more because government property, government assets were used in furtherance of that canard. Again, their existing security clearances provided by what source? The government. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. You were listening to uh, John Solomon of uh, Just the News is Real America's Voice. Uh, he's describing an email between former CIA Director Michael Morell, uh, to John Brennan, another former CIA director, in which Morell admits that the letter where 51 intelligence officials uh, said Hunter Biden laptop was disinformation was just a uh, canard uh, manufactured for the sole purpose of giving Joe Biden a talking point in, a, in, in the presidential debate. Um, by the way, this was also done um, with Biden's knowledge. The campaign not only uh, kickstarted the entire endeavor. But they helped disperse the story so that they could subsequently use it as the basis on which to claim how it should just be dismissed. Uh, Again, normally, yeah, just a dirty trick. But because it involved government assets, as in government security clearances, uh, has there perhaps been a prosecutable crime? Um, I want to cover that and a few other things Uh, in the limited time we have left with old friend of the show, Tom Schatz. Once again, president of Citizens Against uh, Government Waste. You've seen his editorials on fiscal policies in both the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Tom Schatz, appreciate you sticking around. And therein lies that bit of a sticky wicket, if you will. The idea that this um, canard was done with uh, the power of existing government assets, that being security clearances, uh, provided to these individuals by the government, uh, even though, of course, at, at the time of the writing of this letter, they were, in fact, all former officials. Tom Schatz.
0: Well, I think it's, maybe there's a difference between doing it while you are still in office and then when you are not, because you have, of course, the, the color of your uh, position or the, the authority of your position to say it. If that was still the CIA director, of course, they're not even allowed to get involved in politics. But, you know, they could argue they were doing it as private citizens outside of whatever security clearance they had or that they didn't use the security clearance to make this, this comment. So I think you've got a tricky case uh, to, to prove that this involved something that they re- retain or maintain in terms of security clearance, but they could say this had nothing to do with that. I didn't use my security clearance to determine if this was true or false. Well, yeah, sure, I anybody was, can say anything,
3: top. but I'm, I'm wondering if, in fact, others can't just do the opposite, say, well... There was one thing that cannot be uh, denied, and that is each and every one of you were still in possession of an active government-provided security clearance. And you did appear to be actively uh, using that uh, credibility in furtherance of the story you were trying to tell. But let me put that aside for a moment. Let's just now fast forward to the 2024 election that's on the horizon. Uh, Picture it now. You've got Joe Biden in a debate with whomever, whether it's Trump or DeSantis or whomever. Um, And all of a sudden, this comes up. Biden then does have to uh, accept the fact that he has to be answerable for his actions in 2020 in which he knowingly created and manufactured grounds on which to predicate a false assertion, a false uh, defense. Uh, he was in that debate saying, oh, 51 intelligence mm-hmm. officials have just said A, B, and C without acknowledging that, oh, by the way, I'm the one who brought them together so that I could now say this, Tom Schatz.
0: Well, if he doesn't have a debate with the Democrats, that won't happen for a while. Uh, and then he can say, uh, well, what do you mean I said that then? I forgot this whole thing. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, he forgot what or he ate I really this did morning. Know. Yeah. yeah.
3: That is a legitimate yeah. out for him. I don't remember.
0: <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a yeah. legitimate There's out. A lot. There's a lot of that. Right. But but he's not debating anybody on the Democratic side, I guess, you know, RFK Jr. or whomever. So um, the first presidential debate won't be till June or July of next year. Uh, plenty of time to concoct some kind of story about how he really didn't do it, really didn't know. Uh, look, they may not even ask that question during some of these debates. It's hard to tell these days.
3: By the way, uh Kennedy has recently uh, tweeted uh, RFK Jr., the only the third person who's uh, entered the um, Democrat nominating process, the primary process. He tweets about Biden's uh, monstrosity at the border. He observed that a four-time deported illegal immigrants killing spree was really preventable. More specifically, uh, Kennedy tweeted that, quote, Francisco Oropesa Perez-Torres has been arrested for the murder of five people. Uh, he added that, quote-unquote, it is not anti-immigrant bigotry to demand an immigration system that keeps out criminals. In fact, letting them in stokes bigotry as president. I will enforce a secure border, and I will expand the kind of legal immigration that made our country great, unquote. Now, while this message has great national appeal, um, is it really resonating with today's woke Democrat Party? And, and alongside that, a different kind of question. Are you then subsequently surprised that Kennedy's been able to generate... Uh, 20% versus Joe Biden, 66%. So early in the game, Tom Schatz.
0: Uh, I, I, it's name recognition, uh, there might be some, um, there's a lot of residual support for the Kennedy family. You know, from years ago, probably a lot of people who are alive still have voted for uh, JFK and you know Senator Kennedy and others. So uh, that's a piece of it. Name recognition, the other part might be he sounds, uh, or I should say, doesn't sound like the progressive left that's kind of taken over the party, that might be attractive. And he's really just getting going. So when you have so many people in the Democratic Party who don't want Joe Biden to run and they have an alternative that, quote-unquote, seems reasonable, the only big criticism has been his stand on vaccinations, which turns out to be not so crazy in the end. Uh, (laughs) So, so, uh, you know, it's interesting to see how this goes six or eight months from now. Um, They know he's not going to be 86 when uh, the next term is up. That might be enough.
3: (laughs) Right. He also separated himself from the president and a lot of his party by complaining how climate change is being exploited in ways having nothing to do with real concerns and that said exploitation is currently committed by the super wealthy as an excuse to commit, quote-unquote, totalitarian controls over multiple societies, including ours. He said, quote, climate issues and pollution issues are being exploited by mega billionaires like Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates um, he also argued that these authoritarian wealthy had similarly used governments, uh, governments as proxies during the pandemic, saying, quote, the same way that COVID was exploited to use it as an excuse to clamp down uh, on, with totalitarian controls on society and then uh, give us engineering solutions. Uh, i got to tell you, Tom, mm-hmm. I haven't heard a bona fide Democrat talk like like this in years. How about you?
0: Uh, I agree. Uh, it's been a while. And uh, as I said, let let's see how this goes. But but so far, it's it's so different, and it seems, quote-unquote, normal compared to what else we're hearing out of that party.
3: If he runs as an independent, that hurts Joe Biden, does it not? Absolutely. Far more so than any Republican nominee, be it DeSantis or Trump. Fair to say?
0: Right, because they, they've got the 40-plus percent on their own. He takes 10-20 from Biden. That's it.
3: That's it. All right, Tom Schatz, always great to have you on board. Thanks again, folks. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here. I'm
7: a Main Street Radio Network. Gonna be right back. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common. But after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve, and again on Valentine's Day, and on random occasions throughout the the year they're drawn to each other though they are each too insecure to be their true selves so what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist author elise bryant
8: this is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are i hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with reggie and delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way
7: Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold.
6: Spring is here, and there's no better time to try something new. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar and enjoy real Coke taste and Zero Sugar. Now available at participating Burger King restaurants. Try Coke Zero Sugar with your favorite food from Burger King. Satisfy your hunger and enjoy Coke Zero Sugar with a piping hot breakfast sandwich, like a sausage egg and cheese croissant sandwich. Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant makes for a delicious breakfast to start your morning right. And don't forget the crispy hash browns. Or if the flame-grilled Whopper sandwich, BK Royal Crispy Chicken Sandwich, or chicken fries are your fave, you are in luck. All Burger King menu items pair perfectly with an ice-cold Coke Zero Sugar. It's the perfect no-sugar sparkling beverage that goes great with everything. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar to enjoy spring your way. At Burger King, where you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants. Sponsored by (laughs) Coca-Cola. message from the Ad Council.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every yours, Alan Nathan, the Militant Moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. Uh, so much going on. Again, you could be given a blindfold and uh, asked to throw a dart. and You're going to hit something of major relevance. You can't help it. Uh, Everything's just on fire right now with news and and idiots. Um, What we're covering is, is of course, the fact that uh, uh, these 51 former intel officials have been hoisted by their own email petard, if you will. Uh, Their own emails prove that the uh, 51 former intelligence officers and officials who wrongly wrote that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian propaganda – had actually deliberately conjured that analysis to give Joe Biden the quote-unquote talking point to push back on Trump during their final debate. Um, this, of course, was further uh, engineered by the Biden campaign. Uh, this was initially triggered by Anthony Blinken, who, of course, is now the current Secretary of State, but then he was an advisor to Joe Biden's uh, campaign. He was the one who got Morell. Um, the former CIA director to uh, kickstart it with another former CIA director, John Brennan, uh, and they agreed to to put this uh, canard together. Uh, you know, uh, Joe Biden's going to have a hard time answering for this uh, during the presidential debates if he's still around, uh, or and even if he's still awake. Uh, the guy's uh, he's, he's a walking Salmonex commercial. Let's face it, but uh, he's going to have to be held to account. This guy deliberately manufactured the very grounds on which he, during the presidential debate, based uh, his um, point that multiple former intel officials dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop story as Russian disinformation. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Joe Biden, because you were the one who orchestrated those guys getting together and saying the very thing you wanted them to say. Uh, This is a maneuvered, self-fulfilling prophecy with a Catch-22 ending and should fool nobody with an iq above phlegm okay also the left are apoplectic that justice thomas did not reveal that his nephew's early education was charitably sponsored by a wealthy friend but at the same time you know they're ignoring that justice sotomayor did not recuse herself from cases involving penguin publication and this is despite the fact that she received 3.1 million dollars from them what the hell but the one that really ticks me off is former NIAID head, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, as well as American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingart. These idiots are denying blame for the COVID protocols, for COVID protocols and all the lockdowns, for which, by the way, they verifiably advocated during the pandemic. And, you know, their delusional behavior is, is not isolated to the United States because the refusal to acknowledge... Um, where people were wrong, the refusal that some officials are demonstrating to acknowledge where they were wrong, the inability to execute any capacity for self-appraisal is something, again, not restricted to the United States. You see it elsewhere. Let's have a listen to Australia's Sky News with one one Rita uh, Panahi. Uh, She's talking about the people who demanded harsh COVID measures are now reversing their positions while still expecting to be taken seriously. Clip two, James, if you please.
8: Now, we're seeing politicians and health bureaucrats trying desperately to rewrite history, trying to convince people that they never advocated for crippling in lockdowns, vaccine mandates, school closures. No, it's not their fault. They just made recommendations. I didn't think anyone would be stupid enough to actually follow them or enforce them. Along with Australia and New Zealand, Canada was right up there for COVID madness. But Prime Minister Justin Trudeau now claims that's just disinformation. He says he never insisted that everyone, young and old, healthy and infirm, get vaccinated against
1: COVID. Individuals are allowed to make their own choices. There may be all sorts of different reasons why someone is hesitant to get vaccinated. There's no more excuses to not get your shot. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated, enforcement measures in place will make sure that everyone is vaccinated.
3: Now, this incredible broadcaster did not stop there. She also made time to drop by the U.S. and also point out the perfidy of our own imbecilic inbreds in positions of power, who also put forward false uh, narratives surrounding COVID and all the protocols that we uh, were supposed to follow. Please, again, very quickly remember that uh, these folks uh, did not want to acknowledge that uh, places like the New England Journal of Medicine we're pointing out that natural immunity offers greater COVID protection than vaccinated immunity, or that uh, other organizations were pointing out that um, mask wearing made little difference. The national, uh, the New England Journal of Medicine pointed it out. It was reported on by NBC last June, I think it was. Um, also, at the beginning of this year, we heard about the Cochrane study, um, telling us that little to no difference was made through the wearing of masks. Yet you still have people like um, Dr. Anthony Fauci insisting that if we did not go along with their edicts surrounding masks and accepting that natural immunity was not as strong as vaccinated immunity, that this was, a ta- this was tantamount to um, violating science. But anyway, I want to return to uh, the illustrious Australian broadcaster Rita Panihi. Uh, one more time, clip three, James, if you please.
8: This week, we saw Anthony Fauci, the man responsible for so much of the dysfunction surrounding our COVID response. Well, Fauci now claims the heavy handed response was not his doing. Speaking to the New York Times, he tried to absolve himself of all responsibility. Show me a school that I shut down, he said. Show me a factory that I shut down. Never, I never did. These people, my goodness, we can never forget what they inflicted on us. And there must be a reckoning for all the politicians and public health officials for the insane overreach, the inhumane policies inflicted on free people in the name of safety. They cannot be allowed to dodge responsibility.
3: No, they can't. Even if it perhaps eventually requires citizen squads with targeted goals to hound them to their graves. All right. Stay just this side of legal, but make their existences absolutely miserable. Put them in positions where they feel such severe intimidation, such humiliation, that every single time they walk out in public, they are 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 brought to a point where the hairs on the back of their respective necks stand at attention. These people need to be forced into a fetal position on a therapist's couch each and every day of the remainder of their effing lives. They need to be intimidated. They need to be subjected to a scorched earth policy of shame because that's what they were doing to everybody else who had the temerity a mitigated goal, audacity and supposed lack of fortitude uh, in objecting to them. They censored you when you tried to point out that natural immunity was more formidable than vaccinated immunity. I pointed it out myself, a bunch of times, and I did it long before it came out from the New England Journal of Medicine because the other outlets were starting to say it anyway, like uh, uh, operators and, and physicians out of uh, uh, Hopkins uh, University Hospital. For instance, if you contracted uh, COVID, you had what's known as uh, these, o, these high-performing ORF1 immunogenic epitopes offering you better protection. Now, this is because, of course, the vaccine uh, only only has like 5 to 10% of the uh, virus's genetic code, whereas if you get it uh, and recover from it naturally, you are, of course, enjoying the full panoply of protection. Now, I was never recommending that people go out and get it. I was saying you want to get vaccinated, fine. I was just pointing out that if you've already contracted it and you've recovered, it's imbecilic and brained to go out and get a vaccination. Because if you have these high-performing ORF1 immunogenic epitopes, you are that much more protected. Very quickly, an epitope is that part of the antigen that attracts uh, the antibodies from your immune system. And clearly, the more of them you have, the better protected you are. And the reason I pointed out it was in and brain dead about masks was because it wasn't big droplets that we had to be armed against. It was the aerosols. The aerosols from COVID, which spreads over 90% of it, are only one- 17th the size of the pores found in the finest of surgical masks, and only 180th the size of the pores found in the finest of cloth masks. Yet Mr. Science Fauci himself was insisting that if you brought any of these subjects up, you were somehow antithetical to science, even though he himself, for all of his credentials, was comporting himself as antithetical to science. Let's remember, science... It's the study of the natural world based on facts learned through experimentation and observation and, wait for it, competitive analyses. And if you're not permitting the latter, you've got nothing but junk science. These pieces of crap, like this lovely Australian anchor pointed out, need to be held mercilessly accountable. Election 2024 is coming up. We need to shove this down their throats. Anyway, without further ado, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing of the show John O'Connor, former assistant U.S. attorney in Northern California representing the United States. He also represented W. Mark Felt regarding the media's revelation of his identity as Deep Throat during Watergate. So we have a historic figure with us of the show. John O'Connor, always a blast. Well, there's the music going on because yours truly went on too damn long. John, if you wouldn't mind, my friend, we'd love you to stick around uh, for the other side. I didn't know it was going to quite take this long. But anyway, John O'Connor is with us. Uh, Folks, stick with us as well. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network.
1: In December, LastPass, a popular app for managing passwords, suffered a security breach, potentially exposing millions of people's personal information. When a business created to protect passwords gets hacked, it's a reminder how vulnerable our sensitive information can be when stored in the cloud. And for businesses who need to protect data, security is a top concern. To help prevent security risks, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud recently introduced a password manager, JumpCloud's Antoine Jabara. Businesses cannot always rely on an offline solution as users need to share and access passwords across multiple devices, and cloud-based options aren't ideal either. JumpCloud Password Manager takes a hybrid approach, storing data on users' devices and seamlessly syncs user vaults to multiple devices in an end-to-end encrypted way. This addresses some of the limitations of cloud-based systems and bridges the gap between convenience and security. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com.
11: Find out more at nsc.org slash CallSkill.
2: I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you.
4: I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity.
10: I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system.
4: I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me, would there be a ventilator for me, would I be
1: able to survive something it's, it's just heavy, you know, it's, it's a heavy,
4: it's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is.
9: Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for that.
10: I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now.
2: We all got to help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude
4: that you're going to be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H E L P P V A dot org.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. The lot you could be with us. I want to dive right into it, but we'll go off a little beaten path, a little off the beaten path. Uh, for today's topics, I want to touch on something we covered uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday for a bit uh, because I've got the ideal guest on Ford Again, a uh, legend in his own right. Um, all you have to do is just ask him. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> that was a great guy. John O'Connor joins us, former assistant U.S. attorney in Northern California, representing the United States. He also represented W. Mark Felt. Uh, regarding the media's revelation of his identity as Deep Throat during Watergate. So an iconic figure is with us right now, as well as an old friend of the program. John O'Connor, appreciate you sticking around. Thanks so much, sir.
4: Well, yeah, as you point out, Ellen, I am a legend in my own mind, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just
3: having fun, just having fun. Um, I want to cover something here with you because uh, um, you're a man in the know. The, again, you got this FBI whistleblower telling uh, House and Senate leaders that uh, – both the DOJ and FBI apparently have a form known as an FD-1023 document in which uh, we have a specific description of then-Vice President Joe Biden apparently accepting foreign money in exchange for policy decisions. Uh, my understanding is that the GOP-led House has subpoenaed the FBI and DOJ for the document. Um, where do you think this is going to go?
4: Well, um Obviously, the House wants it, but here's the problem. The problem is that the FBI uh, can probably, with a straight face, say, well, this is a matter under investigation. Now, you and I know they're not really investigating at all. That's the problem that the whistleblower is bringing up. But there it is in the file, and presumably somebody has jurisdiction over it. That is, some p- portion of the FBI has jurisdiction over it. And they'll say, "Well, this is part of an ongoing uh, investigation. All this is uh, uh, confidential. We don't leak out criminal stuff. We can't. We don't have any reason to give you any part of our criminal investigation." Now, hold on. Yeah, but by
3: that measure, your refusal to investigate um, becomes the very just the very excuse you have to say you're actually doing the antithesis of what you're not. In, In other words, see, and also what surprises me. Is that something so serious would be in unclassified form, which it is. That's that's the paradox here. See, th- this is what well, surprises me: that something so serious would be in unclassified form, thus giving the DOJ and FBI less justification for keeping it from Congress's oversight grasp. I mean, what's your sense of that? Because Congressman Comer, who, who's the chair of the committee overseeing all this, has indeed issued a subpoena for the document, and they have a constitutional—they um, have the constitutional authority. To get this stuff, especially if it's unclassified, and if the reason why they're going, if the reason why the Congress is, is pursuing these documents is because the FBI is not investigating it, according to this whistleblower, the FBI's excuse cannot be, oh, well, you can't have proof of our non-investigation because, well, we're investigating that as well. I mean, come on, that's, well, the, well, that's a maneuvered, self-fulfilling okay. prophecy with a Catch-22 ending. I mean, that's that's taking sophistry to new masturbatory heights. Where am I mistaken?
4: No, it's taking sophistry to new heights, Alan. That's precisely my point. We know they're not really investigating it, and they're not pursuing it in any good-faith manner, but they will say it's under investigation. And, of course, they will say many things we have under investigation. Gee, they never rise to crimes, and we don't charge them. But, gee, this is so confidential, we can't do anything about it. Well, no, with with all due respect, that, my
3: friend, by that measure, the FBI would have an excuse to never have to be own up to anything ever again for the rest of, of, of time. Now, my understanding okay, is no, that no. there are certain cases in which Congress has standing to demand certain documents from the executive. And one of them has to do with their oversight. They could theoretically uh, take this to court, could they not? And a judge could force the executive to fork over. Uh, this information, especially again, since it's an unclassified document, at least according to the uh, uh, to the FBI agent who's the whistleblower. Your well, yeah.
4: First of all, first of all, I don't expect it to be classified. It is a criminal investigation. We usually don't. I mean, I investigated things involving Russia, involving the Philippines. We never went and classified it. That because it's it's in the law enforcement category. So usually those are not classified. It's not like a national security counterintelligence deal this is criminal. You usually don't, uh, and you don't need, in order to refuse Congress something, you don't need to say it's classified. And so what I'm telling you is, Alan, and I'm just trying to tell you what I think the lay of the land is here, because it's sort of, a, it's it's hard to penetrate this, because this happened, this happens at other times when the FBI says, no, we're not giving up. Let, let's assume that they were investigating Comer. Would they have to give up files on Comer or Comer's buddy or somebody down the street. They don't usually do this. Now, let me tell you what I think the real vice is here. It is the duty, the constitutional duty of Merrick Garland in this situation to appoint a special counsel. It's in the department guidelines. Anytime there is a conflict of interest as to your investigation, which clearly is a conflict, if anything has to do with Merrick Garland's boss, the president, Clearly, that is a conflict of interest, and he needs to appoint a special counsel. But this would Im- involve somebody in the major media actually yelling and screaming that this thing should go to a special counsel. Now, when you have a special counsel, or anybody, or let's put it this way, a Department of Justice doing its job, there would be a criminal case opened. You would, uh, and, and, and a true criminal case opened. And you know, and, and basically uh, that document could well be sent to Congress. I'm not saying they can't do it. They could do it. Now, they would uh, uh, should do, give it to Congress, and they should put it under confidentiality, so you only look at it in a skiff or whatever the confidential deal is. I'm just saying they're not going to do it, and I'm being very sensitive about Sensitive
3: compartmentalized information facility. Yes, I know. But correct. The, 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 but, but the reality is that... There has to be a way of penetrating this otherwise unimpregnable wall that allows them to commit wrongdoing with impunity because what you're describing to me is a catch all justification that they could use anytime they never want to be held accountable for violating the law. I mean, right now right. you're telling me that these people have the right to use the law to violate the law, thus perverting the law. And that's why I'm of the view that because there's a constitutional prerogative that's unambiguously stated in the Constitution uh, regarding Congress's rights to oversight when it comes to the executive, uh, there must be a recipe for getting around this, and I think it's through the courts. I believe that the GOP-led House would indeed have the standing to get a court to compel the executive to fork over these documents, where am I mistaken?
4: You're not. It's just you're going to have to get a judge to make that order. And I think it's going to be a tough sled is all I'm saying to you. I'm just trying to be as cynical and as realistic as I can, Alan. Do I think it's right? No, I think it's terrible. But I think that's probably what it's going to be a hell of a fight in the court. Because the I just can't going see be... that
3: our country has lost so much greatness that we can't hold people accountable in any of these branches any longer. Because if that's truly going to continue, you will have citizen squads with targeted goals. And then it's Katie by the door. The
0: opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433
4: or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.